Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Am I Missing, the podcast where I attempt to fill in the gaps of my knowledge through conversations with friends. I'm your host, Brett Walden, and today I am talking to Jared Ross King about the DC movie universe. This is sort of a spiritual successor to episode two, when I talked to Bobby Johnson about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, except this one's a little different. It's a little different than every other episode we've done, because we don't really talk about it in such loving terms as you might expect. Jared uh, is a fan of the DC Universe, um, at least the television and some of the movies. You can probably guess which ones. But um, no, he's fully open to the fact that... Uh, that some of the things DC is putting out are just not that great. And we discussed those and, and how he feels that there's hope for the future. And uh, all in all, it's a very interesting conversation that you will either agree with or not agree with. I guess that could be said for every conversation, though. Um, quick plug, if you happen to be in the Orlando area during this time, November and December, um, I... Brett will be doing a play in Winter Garden at the Garden Theater called A Christmas Story, based on the movie A Christmas Story. So if that sounds interesting to you and you're going to be in town, uh, look for those dates. I believe it starts right after Thanksgiving and runs right before Christmas Eve. So there you go. Plug away. If you're listening to this after Christmas, um, I don't know what to tell you. You missed it. Sorry. As always, there's a sneak peek of next week's episode at the end of this show, so stick around for that. But enough preamble. Let's all solve conflicts by realizing our moms have the same name with Jared Ross King. Take it away, Anthony. Uh, yeah, no, so, funny story about that is 100% true. Uh, when I was 11, I uh, started discovering rap. Uh, okay. So I was like, well, if I become a rap artist one day, my name is going to be Jay King. And uh, so when people call me that, I'm like, oh, so you heard about the 11-year-old rap star named Jay King. All right. That's great. You yeah. heard my mixtape. <laughs> that's funny. Good old Jay King. Um, all right. Well, should we should we get started then? Let's go right into it. Man. All right. Let's jump into it then. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Sitting here, it's a lovely sunny day, which is rare, but I have a feeling it's about to get cloudy in this room real quick. Um, talking, talking to my guest, he's already laughing. He's already laughing. I, I just thought about the fact that it probably will get metaphorically cloudy, and I think it's going to get actual cloudy outside at the same time. Yeah. I was talking metaphorically. I, ho I hope actual storm clouds don't appear in my office. I, well, I, would be, I certainly hope so, too. <laughs> I would be worried. Um, so Where that, did the roof go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this, this, we have this new retractable roof on the house, so we can yeah. see the outside. Unfortunately, the button goes off on its own sometimes. Hey, guys. My house was destroyed in a storm, but you know I'm really committed to this podcast, so we finished it out. We're just going to keep doing it. I released it for some reason. You'll hear the um, raindrops. Don't am, worry about it. <laughs> I am currently homeless. It's just rain. Don't worry about it. Just just work past it, and there's a really interesting conversation in there. Um, no, so that voice on the other end is, of course, my guest for this week. His name is Jared Ross King, or that's how I know him. You that, may know him as Jay King. That That, that is me. Uh, that is 100% me, Jared Ross King, or as 11-year-old me dubbed myself, the next great rap star, Jay King. Jay King, baby. It was almost 20 years ago, and I've decided to retire from that a long time ago as well. Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. I, uh, I was really looking forward to talking about your burgeoning rap career. Uh, well, go back to uh, 1998 and uh, find that kid and talk to him. Um, when I moved to New York, I gave myself a rap name. Yeah. A rap-esque name, if you will, of B-Train. B-Train? Yep. 
because there's you know the subway oh, the, system. The, oh, okay, that, so, that totally works. And my my catchphrase was everybody get on the B train, <laughs> <laughs> which here's has the, a few meanings. Here's how far I developed my rap character of J King. Uh huh. That, that's it. Like I just had a name. You just had the name. I just had a name, and like I could spit out a few lyrics that I heard on the radio, and that's it. Okay. Nothing original, just the name. Just on the radio as it was playing. Right. And slightly after they said it. Exactly. That's how like I do half it. A second later. That's how I do it. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very happy to have you here, Jay King. Thank you so much. No um, this is trained. exciting because uh, Jared is the first, um, the first guest to to cross state lines to be here. Yeah, I, uh, my agent called me last week and said there's a podcast that wants to have you on. Huge opportunity. And uh, it's a huge opportunity. I'm like, oh, where's it at? Is it is it down the road? Like uh, downtown Atlanta, midtown Atlanta? It's in Claremont, Oof. Florida. I'm like, oh. it's a hub. All right. Well, I guess I'm going. So Andrew, here I am. Andrew Gillum's trying to bring, you know, movies back to Florida. Oh, man. I We could have an entire podcast about that, but I hope he succeeds. I, I hope he succeeds, too. I hope he succeeds for many reasons. For everyone's film. sake. Plus, they'd siphon off some of that work from Atlanta. You guys, it's an embarrassment no, of riches. That, no, 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 no. That's, that should stay where it's at. It's an embarrassment of riches, and Jared be. wants less work up there. You heard it here first. That's Well, no, that's not true. That's a lie. <laughs> um, I want all the work up there so I can keep having work. Right. Um, so you are you are living in Atlanta. I am. You, But we met here. Yes, we you, did. You, how long did you live in Orlando I lived or surrounding in Orlando. area? I actually have lived in Orlando or the surrounding area most of my life. Okay. Um, I grew up actually here in Claremont. Oh, did you really? Um, yeah. I, uh, East Ridge High School, right down the road. Oh, yeah. That's where I graduated from. Oh, yeah. So you know the rolling hills of Claremont. I know Claremont. the rolling hills. And it was, it was kind of weird when I first got to Florida... I got used to those rolling hills mm-hmm. just because they're everywhere in Claremont. If you've ever been here, this yeah. is where the only hills are in the entire state. The real estate agent called it the Rocky Mountains of Florida. That's uh, Sugarloaf Mountain. Are you familiar with that? No. Sugarloaf Mountain's like pretty much right down the road. It's like 200 miles or 200 miles. That's not true. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long road. <laughs> it's a long road. Uh, it's like 200 feet above sea level. And it's like one of the highest natural points in Florida. Ooh. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm afraid of getting altitude sickness. That's fair. I totally get that. It's a... You can see everything from up there. So this is kind of a homecoming for you. It is. It is. Which is ironic because we're not going to be talking about Marvel. No, not at all. And their tangentially related movie called Homecoming. Correct. We're going to be talking about DC. Yes, we are. And their extended universe Best. slash multiverse slash whatever the hell they've got going on. We're going to try to... Media-wise. do my best to decipher what right. that is. So this is kind of a sister episode to the second episode of this series, which was with... Bobby, yep. who was talking about the MCU. Yep. You're here to talk about, what is it? The so, DCEU there's the slash D- TV? There's the DCEU. There is, uh, th- there's so many, there's not one good title for it, I'll be honest with right. you. Because they have the DC film universe. They have, which is now apparently multi multiple verses, universes of this itself. Already. There's the Arrowverse. There's this new DC uh, streaming service that has its own universe. Um, and there's kind of Gotham off in its own corner, right. but, but there's so many different layers to it. Um, so let, let me start by saying that in most episodes, I try to stay positive about the subject and at least I, I at least give my guest the benefit of the doubt to say either a, I don't know anything about this. And so you're, you know, through their excitement, I get interested in the subject and hopefully my listeners do as well. Or B, if I know something about it, like with um, in the Emily episode, mm-hmm. I can still 
speak to reality television and right. kind of begrudgingly admit, like, all right, maybe I watch some of that. Which I kind of actually had never watched reality television before that episode and may have watched an episode or yeah? two. Yeah? Did it sway you? I was just like, oh, this is, I can see the merit. I uh, can see the merit. I love stories like that. Um, this episode, completely different. Can't stand DC. That's fair. You're literally going to have to convince me of something because I don't think that they're interesting. Okay. I don't think that their characters are that interesting. Right. And granted, I don't, I haven't, I, I fully admit, I don't dive into it at all yeah. to double check. But it just seems like they're big three, right? Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Correct. The Trinity. The Trinity. Ugh, God. God. Um, the problem with DC characters, and I've said this forever, is that they are always the best or the most something. They're always a superlative, right? That's fair. So Batman is the world's greatest detective, yep. but he's also the richest man in Gotham. Right. And he's also the greatest martial artist that you've ever seen, or he's like the greatest ninja or whatever, right? I know Up that's there. not part yeah, of yeah. his title, but right, that's right. part of his... His power set, right. right? Superman, I mean, best at everything. Best everything, right? Whatever's whatever's needed at the time, right? Same with Wonder Woman. It's just like, what? How was it interesting when you're just going up against the best blank? It just seems like more and more you have to create something that's bigger and more ridiculous. No, I, I totally to get bring that, that down. I, I totally get that, and I think part of it is the fastest man, <laughs> the fastest man, the Flash, Barry Allen, and then. Wally West, I guess, is equally as fast. Um, yeah. But for me, what kind of drew me to them wasn't necessarily the the world's greatest detective or or this god from Krypton. Right. Um, what I found interesting was that there were stories and there was like conflict within these characters, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the original way these characters were done was very much to what you're saying. Yeah. They're the greatest ever. Oh, here comes a threat to Earth. Superman is going to stop it. Unless right. they have kryptonite, and then he'll find a way around it. Because he's Superman, and that's the way we're going to ride it. Da, da, da. But when you start having conflicts that kind of deal with a like uh, threaten a character's morality. Because Superman is kind of, to make it a little more relatable for you, who loves Marvel. Yeah, as make, I do too. make mine Marvel. <laughs> Will do. Uh Superman is kind of like that Captain America type as far as the the way he carries himself. Mm -hmm. He's he's all about uh, truth, honor, justice, all those type of things, right? Yeah. Um, so what happens when you end up threatening Superman, threatening the people around him in ways that maybe he can't prevent? Mm -hmm. He can't prevent these things from happening. So, for instance, actually a good example of it as... We'll get to it as not great of a movie as it was. Uh, a good example of this is like Batman Superman. Mm -hmm. um, this is actually something that was pulled from the comic books. Uh, one of the few things that was pulled well. Very few things. Um, Lex Luthor threatens Martha Kent's life. Right. Because he doesn't... The whole thing is he doesn't know where his people have Martha Kent. Wait. Martha? <laughs> we'll get to that too. <laughs> His mom's name is Martha? His, his mother's name is Martha. Oh. My mom's name starts with an M. Maybe I should watch this movie and enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. I did have a problem with the way that went down. <laughs> you um, didn't have a problem? I did. I oh, did. okay. Oh, good. I did. I did. <laughs> All right. Um, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because we, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. but 
Lex Luthor, he has his people kidnap Martha and take her to a place he's not told about. Right. And basically says, hey, if you don't kill Batman within this hour, we're going to kill your mother. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to find her or, or stop her. Um, and in the comic books, it was like a lead-encased room. When one of the things about Superman is he can't see or hear through lead. That's like kind of like the impenetrable substance he can't really see or hear through. In the movie, it didn't really do that. It's just like brick walls like superman you can <laughs> did you forget what the, like come on we, we know you can hear yeah you have like super hearing you're the best at everything um but that ends up leading to batman superman fighting and in the comics it <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about martha in the comics it doesn't have that stupid awful cheesy moment where uh Batman standing over Superman with a kryptonite spear, and then uh, Superman says, "You have to save Martha." What was that? <laughs> you have to save Martha. Why'd you say that name? And I totally, I get what they're going for there. Is that yeah. he's tr- Batman throughout this film has not seen Superman as a human being or like having any sort of humanity. He's not a human being. He's an alien. But having any sort of like humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Because Superman's grown up on this planet. He he's has um, human parents that have raised him up, and uh, having hearing him say his mother's name and hey, save her, do what you can, save her. Right. That kind of revealed to Batman, hey, this this guy has a humanity to him. He's not some sort of evil, uh, monstrous alien god type that's here to destroy everything. Um, I went off on a tangent there, and I forgot the original question. Um, I don't. Uh, I was just talking about how how do you how do you create? I mean, already so many things wrong with that moment. Uh, you know, yeah, there there are a lot wrong. You can just humanize him by saying that he has a mother, can't you? It doesn't you have. Can. Why do, Why do you hang it on the name? I, that I if I had an answer, I would give it to you. <laughs> right. I, if I had an answer, I would give. Make it sure to you. you save my mother. Yeah. Oh, you have a family. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's make sure you save my mother and then Batman's like okay and then like drives a kryptonite spear through him and is like hey does anybody know about this dude's mother right like no but I'm saying isn't it more impactful if you if you show that he has loved ones he's got people that he's looking out for you know that realization that Batman has of like oh he's fighting for something as well right right, right. doesn't I, necessarily hang on the fact that. What a coincidence. We're, our mothers have the our same mothers name. have the same name. Yeah, no. What are the odds? Only two women on this planet have the name Martha, and we both <laughs> happen to be of them of a cer- in a certain way. Instead, being like, you know, take care of my family. Right. And then, wouldn't Batman, I mean, wouldn't that, I don't know. To me, that would be a bit See, more of an emotional, like, oh, shit, you have a family, too. And I agree with that. There doesn't need to be this, Martha, oh, Martha, 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 <laughs> right. Martha, let's, let's unite and fight Doomsday it's now. It's just, it's, it's um, ham-fisted. It is. And that's a whole other issue when it comes to Zack Snyder that I can, mm-hmm. um, I know, where do we, where do we even start with all of this? We, that's this is a compare and contrast with the MCU. And so we're not talking, working, I, not working. I think what happened, I, I made the, I made the um, uh, the false leap into talking about the comics and the characters themselves. Right. We need to start though at the um, at the sort of emergence of this this current universe, whatever right. so it is. The film universe right now. The film or TV or, or um, where do, where does it start? So I'm gonna tell you right now. We're gonna start off with something positive, right? Okay. Uh, there, there's so the way DC does this is 
when we talk about, let's, let's switch tracks, talk about Marvel for a second. Great. Marvel, um, they have Kevin Feige leading their entire film division, right? Mm-hmm. And even though they are of Disney, they're kind of autonomous, where he is the one that's overseeing, he's leading everything. Disney has, I mean, obviously they're not going to let Deadpool be the way he is in every single Disney film. Right. Um, but Kevin Feige has the creative control going and then works with directors, whoever they are, um, to help execute the vision of the MCU. Mm-hmm. There hasn't really been anyone like that in the DCEU, which is what they refer to it as, the DC Extended Universe. Right. When it could be the DC Cinematic Universe, but I guess two Cs is confusing. I don't know. <laughs> DCCU. DCCU. Um, that's a whole mess. Um, so but the- I will say this. There is, on CW, mm-hmm. there's the Arrowverse, right? So it started off with the TV show Arrow. Uh, now it has Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, I always forget, Supergirl, and they're going to bring Black Lightning in this season. Okay. So it's all these different characters that exist in the same kind of universe. Supergirl's like in a different universe, but can like cross over. Sure. It's weird how that all works. But uh, um, I mean, if you read the comics, that's kind of how they do sometimes too, where there's these multiverses and the characters are crossover from one universe to the other. Um, that is a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. Like those TV shows are a lot of fun. Right. Um, Arrow well, gets kind of darker, mm-hmm. but it's still very enjoyable to watch. The one thing that I've always heard though, <clears throat> is that DC does television way better than they do movies. They do. And they almost, almost to the point that like they, they do television better than Marvel. I would, uh, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually can't think of a really bad dc series that has come out yet on tv right um even gotham it's it's gotham is like it gets very weird at points it's like they wanted it to be grounded in reality but then there's all these this weird shit am i allowed to say shit of course you are okay i said to make sure i said shit <laughs> shit i think uh, i said it like three times already all right fair um but there's all this weird shit that goes on on that show um that kind of ties in with the comic books makes it a little more fantastical mm-hmm. uh even like Gotham, like that, that's a great show, I think. Um, just, and you're not looking at it from like a excellent writing point of view and just looking at it to try to enjoy the, t- the show, right? Right. Um, Gotham is pre Batman? Yes. Right? So there's a, the kid playing Batman's like, or playing Batman, playing Bruce Wayne's probably like 14 or 15 mm-hmm. in the show. Um, and this last season coming up, the promise is that he's going to become Batman before the end of it. So I guess Batman's like a teenager. Okay. And this, but we'll see how that turns out. Um, but the Arrowverse, great. And then they also have these crossover um, events, right? So, like in December of each year, they'll have all the shows basically come together for one week, where it's one uh, storyline playing out over all of the all the shows. Oh yeah. So last year they did um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, which if you're not familiar with that, that's basically there is uh, different versions of um, of Oliver Queen. And uh, Barry Allen was... No, he was not in that. Um, but some of the legends, uh, basically dark versions of them that crossed over into our universe and were looking... Well, not our universe, but the main DC Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. And were trying to take over. So they end up having to cross over another universe and stop it all from happening. That's putting it simply, so I don't spoil too much. Right. <laughs> um, and then this this year, they're going to have one more they introduce Batwoman um, okay. into that universe. So it sounds like they kind of took everything that's most frustrating for comic book fans and they just said, this is what we're going to do with TV. Uh, yeah. 
and and somehow have made it work so far. Exactly. But it, it again, even to me right now, who puts up with that shit in comics? goes why would you immediately you know that was the stuff in comics almost came out of necessity because time passes right and they want to continue but, to tell stories but it's like dc seemed to have jumped feet first in and was just like i don't they didn't i don't think like they did that with the tv shows here's kind of where they had to do that arrow i think it was the second or third season they introduced barry allen mm-hmm. right in that same universe there's no multiple universes or anything coffee well and then um barry allen ends up becoming the Flash in Arrow, crosses over into his own show, right? Right. And then they introduce different characters who end up forming the Legends of Tomorrow. Then the Legends of Tomorrow series comes out after that. Right. We're all in the same universe still. Yeah. Where the multiverse really started was with Supergirl. Because Supergirl started off as a CBS show, kind of free of this universe. But then CBS canceled it. CW liked what was going on there. Um, I think it was Greg Berlanti was heading up all those shows at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, we can fold this into CW, but... It's clearly a different world, so how do we do that? So that's where they, kind of out of necessity, made that multiverse jump. Right. And then they've continued with that to kind of make new storylines and but stuff. But they're at least trying to fold Supergirl into... Right. Okay. Right. So it's not like they just jumped in and said, oh, episode one, multiverses, here we go. Sure. Right, right, right. Right. They, they, they built up to it, um, which is kind of... It, it works. It works on the TV shows. Yeah. The movies yeah i feel like they're gonna introduce that at some point soon and i'm not looking forward to it which which one um because here's here's what's going on in the movies right now we'll do a we'll do a history of the movies and see where this all got fucked up i'm allowed to say fucked yeah you well i mean it's you, you said it you can bleep it out if i'm not allowed to no editing all right good <laughs> so um we we've seen man of steel um mm-hmm. batman vs superman mm-hmm Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and Justice League. Those are the five movies that have come out. They're kind of intertwined and same universe and all that. Right. And but not the same universe as the TV shows. Right. 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 But in the last few days... Because why would you? Why? That, <laughs> why? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, why incorporate already good TV shows into your films? Yeah, exactly. Um, in the last few days, you may have seen on social media... Um, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Mm-hmm. That is uh, another. That is what they're saying is part of the multiverse within the DCEU. So it doesn't have to be part of the DCU, but it still kind of is. Right. I wish I could explain it. Yeah. But I don't even understand it. So I mean, from a. <laughs> From a purely storytelling point of view, I suppose, like I said, in the comics, it comes out of necessity. A writer comes along or somebody comes along and they go, I have this idea for this character. I don't want to change the continuity, but I just think it would be really interesting to watch or to see how it happens. And so they kind of step outside of continuity and they just, you know, they make a a limited run series or, you know, whatever it is. And eventually you get so many of those that the, you know, readers don't know where to start. And so the creators say, you know, Marvel or DC say, oh, there are different worlds. I think we went over this in episode two, right? Right, right. But in the, it's just like in the movies, especially for DC, it almost seems to me, and you may know more about this specifically, that it's a reaction to Marvel's success where instead of aping it and just saying, oh, we're going to do that with our characters, they're almost going like they're almost doing a 180 
And they're just like, whatever Marvel's not doing is what we're going to do. And that means rebooting. That means, <laughs> you know, just like multi, it's just, it's bizarre. So it's yes and no on that. Okay. Um, um, they are trying to mimic what Marvel has done, mm-hmm. but it's not but by faster. completely one-aiding it. So, so let's, so let's talk about how this whole universe came to be and the massive issues that are now a part of it. Mm-hmm. So 2005, I actually go back before that. I actually have notes here to make sure I didn't forget anyone in this, of course. this timeline. Um, so 2002, um, they had a script written by Akiva Goldsman, um, who wrote, uh, I am legend. Okay. Um, and it was going to be directed by Wolfgang Peterson, Batman vs Superman. They were just waiting on a cast. It was set to go end up falling apart. Um, and they decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and do our own standalone franchises with Batman and Superman and not cross them over. Right. Um, it was Superman Superman Returns. Was that the Brandon Routh one? I believe so, yes. I always forget the second word for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that one was as a result of that. Um, they said, well, we're going to continue the Superman franchise that had Christopher Reeves from way back in the day. Right. I like it. Just continuing now. Um, and then, of course, Christopher Nolan took over Batman. Yeah. And that turned out great. No sarcasm no. at all. No. Um, so Batman Begins comes out. Diminishing returns, but still, as a, as a trilogy, it's it's pretty Well, cool. no, it was, it was like a mountain, right? So it starts off with Batman Begins, and then Dark Knight. It's like, holy fuck. And yeah. then you go, Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> um, the second one's always better. Why do you think that is? I was about to say you're what? wrong, and now I'm thinking about it. Iron Man. Iron Man, the second one wasn't better. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. they 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 kind of hit a grand slam with Iron Man one, though. I, I, I think unintentionally they were just they 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 stumbled upon something. But right. Spider Man two, the original Tobey yeah. Maguire, um, is great. X Men, yeah. Winter Soldier two, Winter Soldier, right? Empire Strikes Back, yeah. Attack of the Cl- no, not Attack <laughs> of the Clones. Well, that's I mean that's different. But uh, yeah, so so. Um, Okay, so but these are separate now from the DCEU as we know them. There's no DCEU yet. Right. Right. These are their They're own just making franchises. Christopher right? Nolan's making Batman movies. Um, so we almost had a Justice League film, though, before any of the DCEU, even before Dark Knight, right? Actually, it would have come out around the same time as Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2007, they had a Justice League Mortal movie that was written. I read the synopsis of the script. It was a weird fucking movie. Like... Uh, Flash and Martian Manhunter both die in the movie. Um, mm. And I have the cast here because it's just kind of like a what on some of these. Mm. Um, George Miller was going to direct it. Um, and Army Hammer was going to play Batman. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Adam Brody was going to play Fat uh, Flash. <laughs> Fat Flash. <laughs> Adam Brody. <laughs> he, he, was, he put on 300 pounds for the role. He was uh, Barry Allen. Uh, wouldn't leave the couch for a couple <laughs> did, years. Yeah, they didn't want to change his name to like Slow, so they just called him Fat Flash. Fat Flash. <laughs> no, it's just Flash. Adam Brody almost played uh, Flash. Common was going to play Green Lantern. Um, and my uh, personal favorite. Um, are you familiar with the character Maxwell Lord? No. So he's kind of this uh, billionaire type, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit similar to Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. But depending on what variation of the comics you read, he ends up getting these psychic powers, can control uh, people. And so his... Is he the most psychic? He's one of the most psychic. Yeah, maybe of course not he the is. the most psychic. Of course he is. Um, and he was going to be played by Jay Baruchel. Uh, was going to play Maxwell Lord. Who's that? 
uh, Jay Baruchel. Did you ever see? Um, uh, did you ever see uh, this is the end? No. What? What? Did you ever see? I'm looking for my phone to pull up IMDb because I know you've seen Jay Baruchel. You know Jay Baruchel. People know Jay Baruchel. If you guys know Jay Baruchel, um, you write know, it in. You re- just uh, shout it out it in. in your car. Yeah, Jay. Like, oh, come on, Jay Baruchel, that skinny Canadian dude. How do you spell it? Uh, B A R U C. Bear. Right there. Let's have a look. Oh yeah yeah that yeah. That guy. That. Imagine him ten years ago playing a little wiener looking kid. A billionaire psychic. Yeah. Villain. Okay. Yeah. Very punchable. Yeah. Extremely punchable. <laughs> um, so that ended up falling through because of the writer's strike, uh, and that kind of killed that movie off. So Dark Knight comes out. Mm-hmm. And after that, they're like, hey, we want to launch the a, a DC... We want to make a movie that can launch a DC cinematic universe because we're seeing what's happening in Marvel, right? They're, they've just released Iron Man at the same time. Right. Um, Incredible Hulk as well. And they already have plans going for Iron Man 2, Captain America. They've announced Avengers. Um, so we kind of want to do that, too. We want to have our own. So they cast Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. Mm, mm-hmm. And they're like, this this can this could launch it. This could be it. But it wasn't a thing where they announced that it was going to launch a universe. They kind of kept it under wraps. Just like, we want to kind of put him out there and then he right. can come back to earth and sort of testing the waters right exactly and then green lantern was green lantern so <laughs> yeah. that kind of killed it yeah um and then they were like okay well maybe what we did was make our movie too much like marvel where it's kind of like fun more like family friendly in a way yeah Ugh, people so, hate fun <laughs> who would want to have fun boy do they hate fun so instead of doing that let's take one of our central characters in the DC universe, Superman. Mm-hmm. And let's make a movie that is more dark and gritty, like Dark Knight. Right. About Superman. So they're sort of aping themselves at this point. Yes. Right. And so Man of Steel comes out. With a character who absolutely does not call for it. No. Okay. No, not at all. Got it. Um, so Man of Steel comes out 2013. This is right on the heels of Avengers mm-hmm. um, for Marvel. That was the year before, 2012. Um, so this comes out. And apparently during um, meetings about the sequel, they start pitching out, like, who's going to be our villain? We're going to start, you know, kind of hinting at characters that are in the DC universe. We can kind of build up slowly. Marvel, in my opinion, earned the right to give us the Avengers by giving us quality movie after quality movie after quality movie. Yeah. Man of Steel was fine. Like, it's kind of weird in certain ways because superman doesn't kill but he willingly fights zod and kills countless thousands of people in metropolis right and then at the end this is this ooh. <laughs> so so superman uh does everything he can and in, in in the classic iterations and, and basically every iteration outside of Zack snyder's piece of shit um to save as many people as possible in whatever yeah. situation it is. He's super. He's super. Um, so I found it weird that he willingly destroys buildings that are filled with people mm. in this fight. And then there's this family of four in this train station and he's just like screaming and then snaps out his neck. <laughs> like, what is it about those four yeah. that made you snap his neck over the thousands of others? Right. Why are they dead? And then this 
family's like, oh, thanks. We well, appreciate it. <laughs> cool. Cool. Thanks. Um, My wife, Martha, <laughs> thanks you. Martha? Oh, that's Batman. Well, I don't know why with the Batman right there. <laughs> He's not around yet. What did you say your wife's <laughs> name was? Martha! <laughs> um, so, so many, mm, so many issues with that. Yeah. But uh, I went off on a tangent. Where, where were we? Well, so so it's coming off of the heels you said of Avengers. So it's right. like, so already it so, seems like they're responding to an outside, you know, sort so of stimulus. So Man of Steel, stimulus. The, the very first teaser for Man of Steel. Yeah. Be careful with that beer. Sorry. The, that's all right. The very first teaser for Man of Steel um, was attached to Avengers in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would show a full trailer, I believe, like later on, like November, October, November of that year. Um, and rather than continue on with that idea of let's make another Superman movie or let's make a Batman movie, right? Right. In this new universe and then bring that Batman in, fold them together. What they did, the overconfident Zack Snyder did, um, he pitched and kept pitching in meetings about the sequel Let's have him fight Batman. Yeah, he's, what, he's Brainiac. Just... No, Lex Luthor. No, let's let's just let's have it be Batman. Yeah, um, he just I, wants to jump right into it. Right, he just wants to jump right into it. And the thing about Zack Snyder is, as opposed to someone like Kevin Feige who really understands the source material, mm-hmm. Zack Snyder is a big Batman fan. This is very self admitted by him in interviews. Right, he's a big Batman fan. Doesn't really care for Superman. Okay, so he already is ruining this great iconic character because he's like, ah, it's, yeah, I mean, sure. I need the paycheck, I guess. Right. Um, well, cause the, and it's, without seeing it, the thing that I sort of read about it was that the Superman movies, it, it fundamentally changes the character. Yeah. He's too dark, right? He is. He yeah. is. Um, and one thing also that really affected his character in, in the original comics and, and every iteration really since is his father dies when he's not his father, but Jonathan Kent, Mm-hmm. Um, his adopted father uh, dies when, depending on the iteration, he's either a teenager or a young adult, um, because Jonathan has a heart attack. Right, and it's something that Superman can't stop from happening. Right, um, in the movie, he dies in a tornado, hmm. which he also stops Superman. Like he stops Clark from saving him. Right, like he's standing there across the street. There's this tornado going, and he's like, no. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna say, but I'm about to die. It's fine. <laughs> and they get swept away in the tornado, and that's that's the end of. And it's yeah. And know, from Kevin a view, Costner. from a viewer standpoint, you're like that was completely preventable. It was completely preventable. <laughs> yeah. So there's no emotional stakes to no. it. No, because it's just I, a dumb decision by by an old man. If you th- like, the scene could have been so powerful, right? He's saving people after people, and like he's learning about his powers. He's He's discovering himself. Yeah. And he kind of has almost a Peter Parker, Uncle Ben type moment where mm-hmm. he's like, oh, no, I can't, there's nothing that I can, like, not stop. Like, I can stop anything. Right. And then his dad has a heart attack. Right. And he can't stop that. And yeah. His dad dies. That's a powerful character moment. I mean, let's not get it twisted. <laughs> Peter Parker allows the robber to run past him that then goes on to kill his Uncle Ben. So, you know, he's, he's, partially responsible for his death but he, he yes but but it, it's the same vein kind of okay, okay it's it's like the same ballpark it's not really like i agree to disagree it's not like clark looks in the 
in the fucking movie looks at the tornado and is like, I'm going to let you pass. Right. Oh, shit, my dad. Well, yeah. That'd be yeah. a bit on the nose. <laughs> yeah. What? Stop that tornado. I got problems of my own, pal. I got, I got to hold this dog. I can't. And then, and then he gets home and Martha's like, a tornado broke into our house and shot your dad. <laughs> that would be like Peter Parker and Uncle Ben. Okay, fair. That's fair. But I see what you're kind of saying. Thank you. Thank you for... I appreciate you seeing my So what do you do as a fan, though, when you go and watch? Because the thing about Marvel is that they they did seem to get it right straight out the gate. They did. To the surprise of everybody. There's there's When you think about the MCU, there's so little that doesn't feel right. Right. Like and may, I, maybe the character of like Malekith, like in, in Dark World, that movie's kind of... Yeah. 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 But, but like maybe that character, because he's fucking evil and awful in the in the comics and is like this huge like villain but he's just there and gone in, right in, in Thor the Dark World but there, there's so much that they've gotten right that the things they have gotten wrong you kind of forget about right well because it seems to me like that I mean they here they took a character in Iron Man mm-hmm. which was you know and and I think I said this before a lot of people have said it but it's at that time second tier yeah at best most of those characters in the in the first uh, in phase one, yeah, were second tier. Maybe you could say like, I think the Hulk was the most popular out of those characters to begin right. with, and they cocked that up, yeah, at least <laughs> the first time. Yeah, they did. But but what it, what it seems like they did was that they took these characters and they they enhanced them. They made them better in ways that made them more interesting, but still was true enough to the comic book versions that any any fans watching it would go. Okay, yeah, right. I could still see him doing that. Yeah. Whereas it seems like DC or Zack Snyder, you know, took it and went, I'm going to change this for my purposes. And then, so as a fan watching that going, this isn't my Superman. Right. You know, like how much ownership does, does do the fans have over a character like that? It's tough when you know that there is basically one person, one entity that is ruining these characters they've grown up with and right. that you care about. Um, when we get to Batman versus Superman, it's they're both in this dark place where like Superman, it opens up and like the world kind of hates Superman because of what happened in Metropolis. And like I get that because thousands of people died. Like I, I get that there should be hate, and, right? And there justifiably should be, sure. Um, but he's just like super depressed all the time. Like he just always seems to be walking around moping. Cool. And, yeah, and so and, and and Batman's just like I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Superman. Like I have to kill him. Right. And we get. Have you seen Batman vs Superman? Honestly, I watched the first ten minutes of it, and I could not get through it. Fair. You know what? Oh, you know what really pisses me off? I've done, <laughs> I've done a lot because I get frustrated with some of these fucking decisions. That sure. Matter. Um, the very I think it's the very first scene of that movie. Um. No, it's not the very first scene. Uh, Lewis Lane is in the desert with this like photographer guy. Mm-hmm. And did you get that far in the movie? No, I got. It was like I think it was Bruce seeing all the destruction, and then like the building kind of falls, and it's like dusty. Okay, so that's as far as you got. Yeah, yeah, that's the very first scene. Yeah, the next scene is Lewis is out in like um, uh, some random desert country. Mm-hmm. They never say where. And probably she's got, foreign, probably, definitely. And she's got this photographer with her, and turns out this photographer is actually a CIA agent. And 
apparently it's Jimmy Olsen, who is one of the like mainstay characters in Superman lore. Oh yeah, classic. Yeah, and he's killed off in like less than five minutes <laughs> because Zack Snyder says, "I don't like that character." Like he's literally that's the reason that Jimmy Olsen dies in the first five minutes of the film. So, well, the first five minutes that you see him, right? Because Zack Snyder doesn't like he the just character. doesn't like him. He doesn't like him. It's almost like torture porn or something. Yeah, he's just that's, like, what, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it could have been any photographer, but it's yeah. specifically Jimmy Olsen. And it, it it gets worse later on in the movie. I mean, that movie is the low point of the entire five-film stretch, which is saying a lot. Yeah. Because um, there's only one film in those five that really stands out as being really good. Right. Um, we all know what that one is. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, exactly. Um. But Batman, he doesn't, he's, oh, he's not supposed to take pleasure in bringing pain to his enemies, right? He does it out of necessity. Mm-hmm. He does it to try to stop bad things from happening. Right. Well, he's got a no-killing policy as well, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you see, they end up, kind of what I alluded to earlier, where Lex basically kidnaps Martha Kent's. Tell Superman he has to fight Batman, who really wants to fight Superman and kill him off. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to save Martha's life, he has to kill Batman. So they end up having this big fight and everything. And every time that Batman gets the upper hand, he has this genuine smile on his oh, sorry. He has this genuine smile on his face, like he's enjoying beating this man. Right. Like he is enjoying the fact that he is putting Superman closer to death. He's he's a sadist. Yeah. No. It's it's not it like. I've never seen that aspect of Batman, in, in whether it's uh, a previous movie, whether it's, um, I think I'd be too dark for the Fox Kids animated series. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, comic books, like, that's never happened. Right. He does it out of necessity to protect Gotham, to protect people. And he's just, it's, it, he looks, it, it's almost like a serial killer. Right. To where he's just like, oh, I'm having fun with this. Yeah, because my, like, quick, my quick read of Batman is, Batman only fights crime to the point that he doesn't ever want to have to do it again. Correct. Right? Correct. He doesn't want there to be a Batman. Right. Or or, or the necessity of a Batman. He does it because he has to. He has he feel, to. He feels the obligation. Sure. Because of what happened to his parents. Right. Which, again, not his fault. It's just, keep trying, guys. You're never well, going to be the way Peter I say, Parker and place, Uncle wrong Ben. Time. Wrong place, wrong time. Hey, speaking of which... Um, you know, you ever seen Watchmen before? I have seen Watchmen. You ever seen the opening credits to Watchmen? I have seen the opening credits. First to of all, if you're out there listening and you've never seen the opening sequence of Watchmen, do yourself a favor. It's, it's one of the most stunning things I think is. ever put to film. It's one. Of, it's one of those few films that Zack Snyder got right. He did. He did get it right, and a lot of people um, who are Watchmen fans will say that he didn't. But if you actually go it's back, a very faithful. I mean, except for the ending with the. The ending's a yeah. little weird, but you have to admit that the ending to the comic is. Strange. It's very strange. It, it's kind of a it 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 takes like a hard left turn, um, and it took me reading it about four or five times to fully grasp like, oh, that's what's happening. Right. So I understand the change, um, but but the opening sequence to the movie and the pacing of the movie is, it, it's got problems. But if you watch the opening sequence, it's it's beautiful and it's set to the perfect song. Times they are a changing, um, yeah. but one of the very first images that you see is uh, one of the uh, Minutemen characters mm-hmm. who would, you know, uh, were the original name of the group before they, they... They're never actually called the Watchmen in the comics. They're just... Not the comic, they're, um, 
you know, and that that's sort of a name that the public gives them, right? Based on the phrase "Who watches the Watchmen?" But anyway, so the Minutemen, which is the name of the, the original group in the 1940s, um, there's a shot of one of them punching out a burglar who is robbing a couple outside of a opera house, yeah, and it's very clearly the Waynes, yeah, and it's great, and it sort of negates. The need for Batman. The, the need for Batman right. entirely. Right. Because his parents don't die, therefore he has no trauma, therefore he, you know. Yeah, I had not read the comic before I saw the movie in theaters, uh, Watchmen, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember that exact moment, and I was like, is that, are, is that, are those, are, yeah. are those, yeah. is that the way It's very clearly a, a pearl necklace and that he's trying them, to steal. Everybody I was with was like, no, <laughs> that's not them. I'm like, yeah. If like it is yeah and here's the most Zack snyder part of that of that particular scene is that on the wall for some reason are posters for batman i did not notice that yeah don't try to figure it out again it's it's the it's so Zack snyder it's just that you're just like wait but but you had something and i feel like that's sort of it right it's like he is capable of making something visually that you go wow you know, but then it's just like there's these little things, these little choices, or sometimes big choices, where you're just like, "Why did you do that?" Yeah, you're not paying attention to your own movie here. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, think about Zack Snyder films for a second, right? Yeah, the only good ones you can think of are ones that he basically the story was already written for him. Right, Three Hundred, Watchmen. Right, just adapting them from comic books. Yeah, they're just ever, they're storyboarded see, out. Did you ever see Sucker Punch? No, it was because I heard. It was, I, I'm not sure what happened in the movie, and I've seen it twice. I'm, I still, if you ask me to tell you what happened, I'd be like, uh, like Oscar Isaac's in it, right, for a few minutes. <laughs> and so DC hands the keys, hands the keys, the keys to their to their uh, to what they hope is their kingdom. They hope this is their MCU, right, to Zack Snyder. Yeah, and they bring in Christopher Nolan to be a producer on it, but Christopher Nolan has already said after Dark Knight Rises, hey, I'm done with this genre. Had a great time. Yeah, three movies that even the worst one was not bad, pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm done with it. Right. So he was more of a credit than an actual producer mm-hmm. on these films. And so Batman vs Superman probably the low point in the entire DCEU. Do you think it's because of the execution, or just because because it was just silly to throw in? It's because they, Batman uh, in the they, second movie. They, I think it's more of that because they saw they wanted their Avengers money, right? Right. Because they saw what Marvel was doing. They saw that Marvel built up and got to the Avengers. Like, well, we've already introduced Superman and Batman's been in movies, so fuck it, let's <laughs> yeah. do it. Right. And then in that same movie, right? So so let's ignore previous incarnations of characters, right? Let's ignore the 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 Nolan Batman verse, Christopher Reeve Superman. Like, let's ignore those. Yeah. Right? So we have Man of Steel. In that movie, you're introduced to Superman. Um, you see, uh, I think you see one Wayne Enterprises satellite. Like, that's your only real indication Batman exists in this universe. Right. Um, and then you have, like, Lois Lane um, and all of the characters of the Daily Bugle. They're all there, right? In the second movie, Batman vs. Superman, you are introduced, whether for 30 seconds or an entire length of the movie, to Bruce Wayne, Alfred, Lex Luthor. Uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Cyborg, Aquaman, Flash. There's so many. There's more characters that I'm not thinking of, but these are all supposed to be huge characters. Right. And they're all brought into the movie. Right. 
and it's too much too fast. Of course. And it's even worse when you have a director who is only good technically. He can create, Zack Snyder can create a great image. He can make beautiful comic book-esque images. Yeah. But he can't tell a story well. Well, and here's the thing about um, storytelling and, you know, this sort of, uh, I I talk about it a lot, but it's what I do. Um, But, you know, improv and teaching improv, especially when we talk about narrative, um, a lot of people will derisively sort of say like, oh, so you can buy the man is flying through the air, but you have a problem, you know, because it's like it's that classic nerd cliche of, you know, I'm going to nitpick everything and then some someone else is going to come along and be like, oh, you have a problem with this, but not with yeah. this. And it's like, yes, and here's the reason. Because you are setting up a universe where you get to decide the rules. You are telling me the rules of this universe and I am buying them. But the moment that I accept them, then I expect you to follow them. Exactly. And when you retcon in a whole slew of other superheroes or superpowered beings that suddenly you're telling me have always existed in this universe, then retroactively I have to go back to what you've done previously and go, where were these guys? Right. You know, at the very least. You know, and it's just like, and, and there's there doesn't seem to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't imagine there's time in one movie to, to, to say why none of these other people have shown up in previous There's only one movie like that in movies. this universe so far, and that's Wonder Woman. Right. That's the only one. Right. That takes place during World War One. Superman's on... I don't think he's even born yet. No, 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 no characters right. we've seen are even born yet, really. But they don't say, like, oh, the reason you didn't see them in Superman, uh, in, in Man of Steel, there's is no, because... There's no reason. There's no reason. <laughs> right. they, they're, just, they're just not there. Which, again, is like... The and then, th- boom. The thing that I'm so impressed by Marvel about is that every time they introduce a new character, they try at least attempt to put it in context of the greater universe right. and go, this is why you haven't heard of them yet. Right. Because they're either brand new, or yeah. because they've been away, or because they're a time traveler. When you know, first, <laughs> like like think about Ant Man when we first meet Hank Pym. Yeah, you see him working with uh, was it with Shield or with with uh, Stark Industries? I forget now off the top of my head. I think he works. Was it with Shield? Right at the is, very is it Shield at the very beginning. Yeah, he's in the in the yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So so you see him working with Shield all these years ago, and then kind of being like, I'm I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna go kind of underground. So yeah, we know why he hasn't been around yeah. because he's don't ever talk about me. Right? Don't talk about Doctor me. Strange has been in a coma. Great. Good. Awesome. <laughs> um, but it was a issue of too much, too fast, trying to get their Avengers movie out there yeah. before they had earned it. Yeah. Marvel earned it when they put five movies before they ever put Avengers. And when you think about Avengers, how many brand new characters are there in Avengers that we have not seen at all in previous movies? Mm-hmm. The Chitari? Yeah. The, the World Council? Right. Maria Hill? Yeah. That's it. We've seen everybody else, even Hawkeye for thirty seconds and Thor. He's in there, right? So, so every they acknowledge that everybody. these people exist right. elsewhere, right? Even yeah. uh, even Eric Selvig, who ends up playing a pretty key role in Avengers, working with mind, being mind control, but working with Loki, trying to um, use the Tesseract and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's a big supporting character in Thor, right? So we've seen all these characters. Yeah. So really, it hurt me as a fan to not give. All these other characters, their proper deal. Sure. That being said, I I have to focus on something positive. <laughs> I do like the way, as bad as the writing is, the dynamic between Jeremy Irons' Alfred mm-hmm. and Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne slash Batman. There is a great dynamic there that 
you can tell they've been through a lot of shit together. Right. But it's just not, it's not really flesh out the way it should be. They do everything they can with the part. And if I could watch a movie with just them fighting <laughs> against, not Jared Leto's Joker, because fuck that Joker. Right. Um, but maybe some version of Oswald Colapot mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. I would love to see that movie. Yeah. But... But to tie it back to something that we've kind of hit on before, you, you mentioned that The Flash is introduced in this movie, correct? He is introduced in this movie, yes. Right. But it's not the CW Flash. It's not the CW Flash. Okay. So in 2014, 2014 um, CW introduced The Flash, played by Grant Gustin. He's playing Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. And that was October of that year. In November of that year, Warner Brothers, who owns CW, says, hey... Ezra Miller's going to play the Flash in the movies. So now we have multiple Flashes, multiple Barry Allens. Right. The fuck. Um, so. And that fundamentally, is is that the thing that sort of initially fundamentally separates this from. That was kind of the point. The CW. Where it's like, this is not the same universe because right. we have two people who are playing the same character. Right. Um, and this is their TV verse. This is their movie verse. Um, and. There is a cool moment in Batman vs Superman where we see Ezra Miller's Flash. Basically, he's he's time traveling because that's a thing that Barry Allen can do. He runs fast enough; he can break the space time continuum. Space time continuum, yeah, sure. basically. And he comes back and he warns Bruce Wayne about something. He says, mm-hmm. "He says Lewis is the key. She's the key." And so then he ends up going back. And this was all setting up for Flashpoint, which is going to theoretically be huge word on theoretic, huge emphasis on theoretically, a great concept for a film, mm-hmm. but we may never see it. The original release date was actually November of 2018. Oh, really? That soon? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's not happening. November no, clearly. Clearly. Um, I looked online just to like double check and see if there was an announced date. It's still to be announced. Yeah. Um, they've gone through three different directors. If that movie gets made, we'll see. Well, because there, it just seems like their hubris was just, they thought that this was going to be the thing that launched right. launched it, right? They, they took it very differently than Feige and Marvel did, where they're like, hey, let's try this. Let's see if it works. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we try it. Right. DC was banking on this is going to work. You're gonna love whatever we do. There's no chance of failure. Right. <laughs> right. And the problem is if you don't honor the characters the way they should be honored mm-hmm. and you don't have good storytellers leading the way, right. you're gonna fail. That's it. Um that's why the only movie that I think the only movie that's worked is Wonder Woman. Right. Because you had writers who actually cared about the source material. You had Patty Jenkins, who is a Wonder Woman fan, admittedly, and they put out a great movie. Mm-hmm. They really did. So is that is that third in the series? That is fourth. Fourth. So what comes out third? So third, th- we may have to blame Marvel for this one a little bit. Oh. I don't know, really blame them, but Warner Brothers overreacted in a way. <laughs> um, so they have this idea of these misfits, these villains, Suicide Squad, if you're not familiar with that. Um, basically it's, it's a collection of villains that are used to carry out tasks. Basically they're, they're a suicide squad. Right. Um, and they all have these little implants in their neck where if they try to go rogue, uh, Amanda Waller, who is like the, um, 
I forget the name of the organization now, but she's the one that kind of oversees them. Mm-hmm. If anybody tries to go rogue, she can kill them in an instant. Sure. Um, so they're beholden to right, exactly. some sort of organization. Right. So the idea behind that movie originally was uh, David Ayer directed it, and they were going to make it kind of a gritty film again. Same word again. But with these characters, I think it would work because they are villains. They are fighting all sorts of different stuff. Like, um, they're fighting Enchantress, who's already kind of a darker character as it is. Mm-hmm. So it would totally work if you make it a gritty, darker film for that. Right. So we've already had Man of Steel, dark and gritty. Yeah. Batman vs. Superman, dark and gritty. <laughs> and then we have we have Suicide Squad, which when they released the Comic-Con trailer in 2015, every indication was it's going to be a dark and gritty film. Yeah. Great. This is where you need that. I remember seeing the first trailer and thinking to myself, oh, this is the DC movie that I might actually right. go, to, go to watch. Because it actually seemed to fit the tone. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, they decide, you know what really worked well in Marvel? was Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and it was light and it was fun. <laughs> they were also misfits. And they were basically like... They were in their own way criminals, right? Right. So let's make it like that. So they re-edited the film and put like all this like lighthearted humor and like it was nowhere near as dark as it needed to be. Yeah. And that really ruined the film. Sure. Enchantress is CGI pretty much the entire film and it's terrible CGI. Like I saw better CGI in like 1980s films. Ooh. Yeah. Take that. Yeah. 80s just kicked your ass. <laughs> Uh, it was rough as hell, and I don't want to talk about it much. Okay, well, so... Well, so, I will say, though, yeah. um, the only character that seemed to have any fun in the movie mm-hmm. was actually... A lot of people talked about uh, uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn afterwards. Yeah. And some people talked about Jerry Leto's Joker, which I fucking hate that anchor, that, like... Mm-hmm. Can you uh, sum up why? It's this fucking ed hardy type character like like one of the promotions for him is he's in a rick ross music video oh. like that was on the promotions for the movie look up the song purple lamborghini and it's just this weird like music video and i was i, I when we were talking about doing this episode mm-hmm. i thought about, i was like did that that didn't actually happen <laughs> did I so i go on youtube <laughs> and i type in and i'm like oh nope nope it's right there it's wow. this is real um is that a promotion is that is that for our world or is that in world that he makes a video? So technically, uh-huh. technically it's supposed to be for our world. Right. But apparently the the narrative behind it is that it's also like in the DC universe. Okay. So So Rick Ross in the DC universe one exists. Apparently. And two endorses The Joker. Maniacal criminals. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Just so, just checking. Yep. So that's a thing. Okay. Um but actually, the one character that looked like he was having fun and was just the right amount of crazy was uh, Jai Courtney, who's never been good in anything. <laughs> he played Captain Boomerang in this, and I was like, I can totally see you. This is that character. That character's a little bit crazy. Right. That character is, uh, he's not someone you want to, he, he, he can be your friend one second and then literally cut your head off the next. Right. That's the way this character was played. And he captured it. And it was it. great. That's cool. It was great. Yeah. So is it? I mean, I know you don't want to keep talking about it, but is it? Is it? So is it? A, is it a tone thing? Is it a story thing? Is it a mixture oh, of all? Is it just like? I'm trying to think of what it was. What What makes it so bad? It the tone. The tone is definitely a thing where you you're promised this dark and gritty film, and it's anything but. Right. Um, and the story. I'm not really. I can't really tell you exactly what the arc of the story was, other mm-hmm. than 
Enchantress is now free. Oh no, we have to stop her. We stopped her. Yay. Um, <laughs> great. Yeah, great. We did it. Yay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is the movie that had the most promise. I feel like it had more promise than Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, given who was directing, given, given like everything that was going into it. Right. But it's the biggest disappointment for me. It's yeah. not the worst film in the universe, but it's the biggest disappointment, if that makes sense. Right. Well, because it had a lot of potential. Like yeah. I said, it was the one that I went, ooh, yeah. I might... Your leads are like Will Smith, Margot Robbie, um, Tom Hardy was going to be in it for a little bit, yeah. uh, and then he had to drop out. But uh, Jared oh. Leto, like, you have these people who have, like, been nominated for right. the top awards in the... Sorry, I just thought of Venom, and I banged my head against the microphone. Speaking of... That's fair. Speaking of terrible ideas for movies. Um, okay, so so Suicide Squad comes, it goes. I didn't see it, and then the reviews start coming out, and I go, oh, thank God I skipped that right. one. Um, see, I'm the, I'm I'll the idiot, learn to never trust a, I'm the idiot who made a trailer again. promises to two groups of friends. Yeah, I'll go opening weekend. So I saw it the first time, and I was like, oh, oh no. shit. Go <laughs> you got to go again? again. <laughs> Oof. I'm a man of my word. I had to go again. Yeah. But then... But then Wonder Woman comes out. So so here's the deal, right? Is every single one of those first three films, I was there like opening night. Right. And even for Batman Superman, I was wearing a Captain Steve Rogers or a team uh, Captain America shirt. Oh good. Yeah. Just being a little <laughs> bit of a rebel. Um the first one I didn't go to opening night because I was so disappointed in the way this universe was going was Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Because I was like I, I don't know. Like I I it looks good, but I've just this has happened three times now where it's looked good and then it's been complete shit. Right. And so like a week after it came out, everyone was talking about it. And I was like, I'll finally go see it. It was great. Yeah. It was great because it doesn't try to go and create this massive universe in two hours. It doesn't try to um, introduce all these characters that should have their own movies. Like it doesn't try to cram too much in. Yeah. It's simply the story of uh, Wonder Woman meeting Steve Trevor, finding about humans in World War One, fighting Ares. That's it in two, in two hours. Right. It's a very simple story, simple. but you learn a lot about her. You see a lot of character development as she kind of sees this world she's never seen before. Right. And it was, it's so good. It's such <laughs> a good movie. And there's a sequel coming out, and that's, I'm genuinely excited for that sequel. It's the first DC film that, like, I haven't seen anything of, and I'm like, Excited to see it. Right. Because of what happened in the first one. That's so great. good. You've seen it, right? You've seen that one. I've not seen any of the oh, DC movies. Of them. No. That's out of if you could only watch one, I would highly recommend watching it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not for I mean it, it, first of all, I don't really see a lot of movies, but um but yeah, it's it's definitely I remember the 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 impact of it. A lot of people. And the thing that I loved about uh Wonder Woman and Black Panther both was that especially you know on social media and like on my newsfeed and stuff both of those movies brought out a different type of fan right where people were like is this what you white guys have been feeling this entire time right you know where it was just like so cool to see uh women just suddenly being like holy shit yeah like is this what this feels like i want to feel this all the time the the coolest moment in the entire film um they are on and I, i i don't know the exact term for what it was but Basically, you have a trench on one side, trench on the other, and you have these two armies in the in the war. Mm-hmm. They're basically pinned down in each one because if you go out, yeah, I think it's you, just trench warfare. Trench warfare. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's, so so they're going. Through they didn't this. have a lot of time to think of clever names. They just said it 
Hey, so, what's the what what name do you think? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, he got shot. He was the name guy. We need a new name guy. Uh, somebody got to think of this for two trenches. So they're basically locked down to where you see a couple of like soldiers come out of the trench and mm-hmm. they're just mowed down immediately. Right. And and there's no hope for them that they're they're gonna get cornered. They're gonna end up dying. And Diana Prince is down there, right? And that's Wonder Woman's name, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Um, so she's down there, and it's this awesome moment where she, everyone's like, you, you, you can't go, you can't do it, you know, saying that to each other, and she just kind of ignores them all, climbs up this ladder, and goes out in the middle of this field, and everybody starts shooting at her. She just starts deflecting bullets and all that shit, like Wonder Woman does. Yeah. And it's just this awesome moment where she takes over the entire battle. Yeah. And, like, changes the tide. I like started clapping in the middle of it, and it was the first time in a DC film where I was like, "Yes, right. this is what I've wanted to see. This is <laughs> yeah. great. You did it. You finally did it. Yeah, more of this. Yeah, yeah." And, and that continued that momentum continued through the entire film. Yeah, is it? Fun- I need more of that. Is it fundamentally different than a Marvel movie? It's because it seems like the issue with the other ones is that they tried to emulate some aspect of what was going on in the MCU. I, I don't feel like it is fundamentally different mm-hmm. um i do feel like with wonder woman as opposed to the other movies it wasn't any sort of reaction whether it be copying or trying to be the opposite of a marvel film right it was its own movie it just is. here's the movie sure here it is yeah and it worked it worked really well yeah if nothing else it followed i mean they're changing that now finally but if nothing else they're almost they're they're almost doing the opposite of Marvel in that they kind of <laughs> they looked at the library and they went oh you don't have a movie about a woman right. lead yet yeah you know you don't have a female lead here yeah. yet we'll what's, do that what's funny is Captain Marvel was announced and then they announced Wonder Woman after but DC was in such need of like right we need something that they, right. that they kind of rush into production mm-hmm. and it turned out well it worked yeah yeah um, where does it stand in terms of I don't want to say just Marvel movies because I hate to keep comparing the two, but right, in terms right. of just like superhero movies in general that uh, you've it's, seen. It's in the top five. I wow. think Dark Knight is definitely hands down number one. Mm-hmm. That, that I don't know if anything's ever going to pass that. Right. So um, at least two of your top five are DC correct, movies correct. as far as superhero movies go. Right. I haven't really sat down like made a, this is the comprehensive official list. Right. But I know for a fact Dark Knight is number one. And okay. Wonder Woman's going to be that top five. I'd probably put Winter Soldier up there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, at the worst, it's number five. So it's pretty... It's, it's good, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Highly recommend watching it. Great. Um, so are there um, are there high hopes coming out of Wonder Woman into the next... In, yeah. What is it? Justice League? Justice League. Right. Because she's going to be there. She's going to be there. Yeah. She's going to be there. And they did reshoots to put more of her into Justice League. Because right. the original cut didn't have that much of her. Zack Snyder is back for Justice League. Mm. So, you know, my expectations are already tampered by that. Yeah. But, um, and, and this is not something that I'm, of course, not happy about. Um, but he ended up having to leave right after shooting because his daughter died. And he couldn't, it, it, he needed to go and be with his family. Like, this is a real thing that happened. Yeah. And so he leaves. And the guy they bring him to kind of finish post-production is Joss Whedon. Uh-huh. Who did Avengers: Age of Ultron and the first Avengers and uh, in the MCU? And so in the end, because he did a bunch of reshoots, um, in the end we end up getting 
Joss Whedon tone with Zack Snyder tone, and it's such an uneven film. Yeah. And I would actually like to see just Zack Snyder's cut and see what it looked like. Because I feel like there could have been a really good film in there. Well, mm-hmm. not really good, but good for him. Um, <laughs> but it, it would have been more even. Right? Yeah. Because we have moments where there's like dark and grittiness, and there's moments where it's just like super like Joss Whedon like banter like that you've seen in, in Firefly and in Avengers. Like that those kind of moments, right? Right. right. It's it's so uneven. And my big issue with it is we're introduced to Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman. Um, on a bigger level than we were in Batman Superman because they're in there for like 30 seconds in those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they aren't really given time to develop, right? So we're having to... We're not really knowing much about these characters. There's supposedly solo... Well, Aquaman's definitely coming out. That's coming out in December. Yeah. Um, but the other two, there's supposedly solo movies coming out. We'll see if they ever develop. Um, but they're characters you want to know more about so you can kind of know what's going on in this film. Sure. There's also the main villain is Steppenwolf who's kind of if you're Darkseid alright so Darkseid is kind of like the Thanos of the DC universe right Right. and then um, Steppenwolf is one of his lieutenants okay so Steppenwolf is the main villain of this film he is so to go back to the terrible CGI from Suicide Squad so terribly CGI'd so terribly done throughout this entire film that I felt myself feeling like at moments I was watching a video game almost. Oh, wow. Because it, it doesn't look real. Yeah. Like, how, how do we have the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park 25 years ago, but we can't make a <laughs> dude with horns look real in, yeah. in 2017? Yeah. Um, and my expectations, or my, uh, my hopes for this universe went down a little bit as a result of that film. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing a lot more of less trying to put a bunch of characters in one movie now and just focusing on these characters and building up them on their own. Right. Because we only had two of those films, right? One was Zack Snyder's Man of Steel and then Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman worked so well because you're just focusing on the one character. Yeah. So over the next year we have... Aquaman coming out, which heavy CGI, yay. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. But the one I'm like, besides Wonder Woman eighty four, which will be out, I want to say it's July of next year, sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with the character, the original, uh, uh, originally called Captain Marvel, but now Shazam? Yes. So yeah. that's coming out in April of next year, and it looks like a fun superhero. Film. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Zach Levi's playing yeah. Shazam. And and it's it's it feels like for the first time in this entire run of movies they're bringing a character who's just meant to be fun, right? And they're making it fun. No grit. No grit. Like there's no reason for it. Right. And 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 <laughs> it it just it looks like a ton of fun. Yeah. Um. So I'm hopeful that that movie works out and that I'm not let down again. Yeah. Um. But it's tough because like like I've said, I love these characters. I love Marvel and DC characters. Mm-hmm. Grew up on them. And it's tough to, if in a perfect world, we'd be getting like great films from both universes left and right. Right. But for whatever reason, Warner Brothers is such in such a rush and has been to get their own Avengers moment. Yeah. 
that we end up getting subpar films as a result. Well, and I think, you know, you said for some reason, but I think it's, I don't know, to me, it, it seems pretty apparent. Financial. A lot, uh, well, but a lot of things, but, but why it's not working, you know. A lot of things that, um, that we've been talking about, you know, this idea of simplicity and story keeps coming up. Right. And it's like, I think ultimately that is kind of what this conversation is actually about. Right. We're just using two companies as, as an example. Right. It's because, I mean, yeah, because like you look at Marvel, each one of those movies is about one character. It's a simple story about one movie, or sorry, a simple story about one character yeah. that builds up into more complex stories along the way. Right. And so we get to an infinity war where all of these different characters from all these different stories are together in one movie. Right. But we've been given the opportunity to get to know exactly. them. We 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 know their individual personalities. We know we we can expect how they're going to respond in certain situations. Right. And so therefore, when they do respond in that way, we are satisfied yeah. because you know because of the work that we've put into it. But then if they go against those expectations, then we're surprised and it's right. unique and it's fun. Um, and it's just you know and and it's like with a lot of things. It's it seems like it would be very easy for a company like DC to, to look at Marvel and the success that they had and say, I want to get into the game. And they went, people are going to just, they're going to watch superhero movies, right? And take the wrong lesson from it. Right. Where they're just like, people just want to see strong men punching other strong bad guys, yeah. right? And that's kind of, how, it sounds like that's how DC kind of started. That's a, that's, yeah. Instead of taking the actual lesson, which was like, even stripped of the the hero aspect of it, Marvel is telling interesting, engaging right. stories about people. And that goes back to my original point of that's why Marvel has always been more exciting for me because they were people first who, you know, through who, right. through circumstances were either were endowed with powers or were born with powers that they never asked for. Whereas just by virtue of Superman being the first, DC is more... They're they're super powered beings first, right. and only only because of the success of Marvel over time did it seem like universe or DC universe. What am I talking about? I'm not sure. <laughs> DC had to sort of adapt, right, and be like, oh, uh, they they also deal with people issues. But yeah. it was like by that point, Marvel was so ahead of the game. You know, the DC is almost retconning in these things where they're just like, no, he's got a tragic past too. And you're like, no, he doesn't. He just punches things. Right. Right. But now the movies are suffering from the same thing, but it sounds like they're finally catching up to this idea. There's a a course correction that's taking place. Yeah. At the same time, there's a course correction taking place, though. In the past couple of weeks, we've had an issue where Henry Cavill is apparently out of Superman. Right. So on the surface, you and might you might say, "Oh no!" Like the main, one of the main characters of the DC universe, I kind of think it could end up being a good thing because let's go back to what Marvel was about, right? Marvel started with a bunch of second tier characters in the MCU, mm-hmm. and if you kind of move towards that with like Wonder Woman as the focus and have a lot of like second tier characters around her, maybe you end up being able to to not only up your brand but bring these characters in the spotlight that they never were before, right? So I, I feel like. A lot of people are, are upset that Henry Cavill is probably out of Superman, but yeah. maybe removing that character ends up working out for the best for DC, and then you bring him back a few years down the line. Yeah, well, I think too that's part of the problem. You bring in your your your, your holy theaters, trinity yeah. first, right? That everybody knows, everybody loves, and everybody identifies with on some level. Right. And you go, what about this take? And 99% of the people are going to be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. 
But if you bring in an Iron Man first, people are like, I don't care about this guy. I also think part of the reason that the Marvel characters work so well is we had never seen any of them, well, except with the exception of the Hulk, we had never seen any of them on the big screen before. Right. There were seven Batman movies in the past 30 years before he shows up in Batman vs. Superman. Right. And there's been five or six Superman films in the past roughly 40 years. Yeah. So both those characters, we have, not even us as like comic book nerds, right? But the general public has such a preconceived notion of who these characters are. Yeah. That when you turn it on its head, even the slightest, you automatically turn off the general public Mm -hmm. to those characters. Yeah. Whereas Iron Man, you bring in Tony Stark, people are like, well, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's who's Robert Downey Jr. playing? Yeah. And then they kind of get to know that character that Robert Downey Jr. is playing and don't really have a preconceived notion of who he is. Right. Um, I think that's kind of why they lucked out with not having Spider-Man for so long. Absolutely. I was just thinking that. Because if they had, I think there would have been a a, uh, temptation to bring him along fairly early in the game. Yeah. Probably phase one before Avengers comes out. Given him his own... I mean, they could have very easily given him, again, another origin movie. Right. But Uh, by the time they were into it and they finally got the rights to Spider-Man, they were like, we don't have time for this. Right. Let's just... Let's put him in there. You've already seen the origin story twice. Yeah. Same basic idea. Let's go. Yeah. And it worked out in their favor. Yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. To just be like, yeah, this kid has been on YouTube. You know what happened. Like, you know. Right. There's There's one shot that I always talk about when I think of the movie, but... Um, there's, there's like one shot where it's just Peter and I think he's talking to Aunt May and there's just like, it's in, and there's just like this, there's this quick look that passes over his face and it tells you everything you need to and know. Homecoming? Yeah. Just yeah. tells you everything you need to know about Uncle Ben and the entire origin thing. And, and that's it. Yeah. And they don't need to, you know, they don't need to go into the whole like, your uncle's name is Ben? My uncle's name. It's just like. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. <laughs> Um, so as a fan, though, of both and a fan of DC, obviously, you know, are you said you're hopeful for it. But what what keeps you going back? Is it is it the strength of the characters? And you're just I, I, I think I had given up at some point mm-hmm. before Wonder Woman. Yeah. And then Wonder Woman's the one that brought me back. And because it like I said, it's one of the top five superhero films I've ever seen. Right. And I think Warner Brothers kind of recognized what they did with trying to cram so much and trying to put, here's everything we've got, all right? Here's here's all the stuff we have. And by the time Warner Woman came out, Justice League was pretty much done. They couldn't, it's not like, oh, we're not going to do this film now, even though it's done. <laughs> yeah. uh, they had to put it out there. But there, it does appear like there is, like I have a list of the films that are announced by them mm-hmm. that are coming out. Uh can you name them and say which ones you're looking forward to? Yeah. Uh, so Shazam and Wonder Woman 84, mm-hmm. um, they're opening night. Great. Aquaman, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but other movies that are announced for the next couple of years, some of them don't have actual dates yet. Uh, Cyborg, the Green Lantern Corps, which would be cool because they would have both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, mm-hmm. not the Daily Show host, just in case anybody's confused out there. Yeah. Or the folk singer. What if they used Jon Stewart, the Daily Show host? As one of the Green Lanterns. What if they did Colbert and Stewart? It'd be a drop. Of the Green Lantern. (laughs) Yeah. I I would love that. That would be taking their gritty thing and turning it on their heads. Yeah, it really would. You'd you'd at least get good box office on the opening weekend. Um, And then there's Flash. Uh, There's the Ben Affleck is in it. Ben Affleck's not in it, depending on the day of the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Batman. And then one that 
I'm intrigued by, but we'll see if it ever like we'll see how it turns out. They're gonna start production on it next year. Is uh, Dwayne Johnson's playing Black Adam? Oh who yeah, was one of the main antagonists actually of Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't want to put Dwayne Johnson against Zach Levi because then you have Dwayne Johnson kind of overshadowing yeah. Chuck. So you, you know you don't want to do that, right? Um, but those are all like movies that focus on one character, or, or maybe in the Green Lantern Corps, you know, they're similar characters. They're they're kind of that not really Guardians of the Galaxy, but kind of that same like idea where it's not a bunch of like heavy hitters put into one film, but it's right all one like corner of the universe. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they've course corrected it. I certainly hope they have because I want to see these characters done justice. Um, league justice league. So we'll see justice league. Um, yeah, I mean, we will see, you know, the thing it's just, it's, it's always so fascinating to me. Just the aspect, just what makes a good story, you know, work. Right. And, you know, and, and it's just, it's so easy to get wrong. And it just boggles my mind that a company that literally built itself based on its stories somehow can move into this medium, n- not even move into it. They've been doing it. Right. And for years, they ran the, they ran movies. Yeah. Marvel was not making a superhero movie, let alone a good superhero movie. Right. Up until X-Men. But previous to that... But that was even Marvel, really. That was 20th Century Fox. Exactly. But you wouldn't see a Marvel character in a good movie... Right. ...until then. Right. But you had seen Batman. You had seen Superman. You had seen... You know, you'd... See, and it was just like, all of a sudden, Marvel starts doing well, and DC forgets who they are. Yeah. And I feel like they're, they're figuring that out again. They're yeah. figuring out who they are. Because I would prefer to have a slate of, like, here's the Flash. Here... If, if they don't do Flashpoint, which is this whole... Are you familiar with that story at all? No. Okay, so Flashpoint, just real quick. It's basically, he ends up going to like an alternate timeline where um, like instead of Bruce Wayne being the one who survives like the shooting, it's mm-hmm. Thomas Wayne, his father, oh. who ends up becoming Batman. And like all these different little things that change the entire universe. And so he has to figure out a way to go back and fix it. Oh, interesting. Um, so it could be an interesting storyline, but then you also involve a lot of characters in that. I would be cool to seeing just flashes learn about Barry Allen before we start throwing him into time travel and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that, that they don't redo what they've done and say, here's all our characters. One film, right. two hours go. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it, it's, it's like we've said a couple of times already. It's too much when you don't know the characters. Right. When you, when you haven't had time to get to know them. Yeah. Um, which is what Marvel is so good at saying, here's our characters. Now we're going to put them together. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. just like, like I said, this is really a conversation more about just like storytelling. Right. You know, and if you're, if you're out there and, and, and you, you do this or you're a writer or whatever it is, or a sketch writer or whatever it is, it's just like, it's, you know, it's, it's about simplicity. It is. <laughs> and, like, may, and telling, it's like I tell my students all the time. I'm like, keep it simple and create interesting characters. Right. You know? If you in in a movie cinematic universe aspect, if those characters are interesting enough and people like them, you can start uniting characters and putting them together. Exactly. But you can't just say, "Oh, we're gonna intro- like here's all of their backgrounds at once." Yeah. Here's yeah. All the, you know, actually, fuck their backgrounds. Here's a fight. Yeah. Like like you can't because do you that. don't know the thing that works so much um, that worked well for Infinity War. Infinity War. That's correct. Thank you. Um, was was finally getting to see some of these characters who had never interacted before. Right. Getting to 
getting to interact yeah. and seeing like I love the Thor Rocket Groot trio that great. took place throughout most of the movie. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, or watching um, Doctor Strange and uh, you Iron know, Man, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Like watching those personalities clash because we knew who they were. Right. You know, and it was just like, oh, this is fun. Right. You know, and I loved watching. Spider-Man and, and Doctor Strange on screen together because, you know, they're both Ditko things, but, but you know, creations. But, you know, it's just like fine, finally getting to see yeah. that as opposed to seeing that for the first time and being like, I don't know who these people are. Right, is right. this how they always act with yeah. each other? Is yeah. this, a, you know, <laughs> is this a pattern? I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. Why is this funny? I don't and know. And kind of, I mentioned this earlier, but Avengers, we didn't introduce anybody new in there except for like a couple of characters, Maria Hill, Chitauri. When we get to, um, when we get to Infinity War, who are the new characters? The Black Order? Right. That's, yeah. That's it. Yeah. We've already been introduced, even though Thanos had very, very, like, momentary, like, appearances throughout the cinematic universe. We've still seen him. We right. still know a little bit about he, him. He looms over every right. movie. Right. Or and most so of them. When we get to this giant cinematic blockbuster thing, We've seen all these characters. We know these characters. Yeah. And the ones that we don't are Black Order, and that's it. They're disposable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, as we wind down, uh, you know the question that's coming. I do know the question that's coming. <laughs> are you prepared for it? I Think yes. about it while I ask it. Okay. So if there was one thing that you wish that we would have talked about, if there was one thing you wish I would have asked about, something that you find interesting about this whole DC Extended Universe or the TV show or anything, what would it be? I guess the one question I I, uh, I got two now and I'm trying to pick one. Um, the question that I would go with is, hang on, now I'm, I'm thinking inner conflict, man. It's no fun. That's okay. It makes for a good story though. Sure. Yes. 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 You're very intriguing right now. Zach, can you please take a note of that? <laughs> if you have to write any more of these films. Exactly. Stop listening to this weird podcast Why and are you get back to, to making movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the one question that I would have liked is, uh, do I ever see these like TV universe and cause it is a multiverse concept, mm -hmm. TV and movies coming together and how would that work? Oh yeah. Um, and personally, given how much of a mess the movies have been for the most part and how good the TV has been. Yeah. I really hope they don't come together. Just keep them, keep, keep them, them apart. Keep them separate. It's like corn and milk. Yeah. Just keep them separated. Who mixes corn and milk? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Zack Snyder, probably. Zack Snyder is at home. Um, do you think, uh, do you think Flashpoint is, is an opportunity to do something like that though? I think Flashpoint is, but it's possible. It's possible that we see this alternate universe where there's another Barry Allen, and it turns out it's, it's Grant Gustin from the CW show. Right. But I don't feel like they'll ever do that. Right. I do feel like that could be a point, though, to kind of look at these characters that they've kind of like Superman, where they kind of they kind of fucked them up. Yeah. Um, and maybe be like a reset on certain characters while still continuing others. Yeah. Uh, when you fix a timeline, the fix the space time continuum. You know, you don't fix everything back to the way it perfectly was. Right. Um, the idea is some things will change no matter what because you've already fucked it up. But there is, yeah, there is something interesting in a, in a, in a company basically saying like, yeah, we screwed this up. Yeah. Let's, let's retcon some of this. Right. <laughs> into, yeah. Yeah. He didn't, Superman in, in, in our new version didn't knock down an entire building full of people. He, uh, he flew around it. He flew around it. Also, he's Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> cool. Cool. 
All it was right. never Henry Cavill. <laughs> That's awesome. We never had the we never had to have the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gone now. Could be anybody. Yep. Um, cool, man. Well, yeah. It's again, it's 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 a good lesson in storytelling and writing, but it's also it's also an interesting conversation because this is one of the first ones that I've had where it's it's been. It, it's it's a flawed it's flawed it's yeah. a, you know it's like i love i love this i engage in it i will continue to see it but man you know i think in order to be a true fan of something you have to be ready to acknowledge that it's not going to be perfect it's yeah it's far from it's far from it's far from you know and that's the intriguing thing to me is like how far do you get from something before you just go i'm not a fan of this anymore. well yeah like i said like after after uh Suicide Squad. I was ready to give up, and then yeah. Wonder Woman's the one that drug me back in. So, well, good. I'm glad they nabbed you again. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, looks like we didn't get any rain. The roof's still up. Either metaphorical. Yes, my house is still standing, so Sweet. I'm glad for that. Superman and Batman did not come through here and destroy everything. Uh, yeah. Um, which I appreciate. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming out. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, we will uh, hopefully be seeing you soon. Yeah. All right. Good talk. Thanks, man. Great podcast. It was a great podcast. All right. Let's talk about something positive. Okay. Bye. Bye. What Am I Missing is edited, produced, and hosted by me, Brett Walden, with original music by Anthony Smith. Special thanks to Jay King, if for nothing else, not being able to convince me that DC Comics and their characters are any good. If you would like to know more about me or listen to past episodes, you can find it all at facebook.com slash whatamimissingpod. And if you have any questions, comments, or curses about anything you heard today, you can email me at whatamimissingpodcast at gmail.com. Please make sure to rate us on whatever app you choose to listen to podcasts on and tell your friends about us, please. And now, here's a preview of next week's episode. It's also used for if you are a player and you love the game mm-hmm. it's also a way of means out it's in, in these third world or these poverty stricken you know that's a lot of the the, the, the the most famous soccer players in history that's all they could do right they had nothing else they had their bare feet and something round thanks for listening